what's good y'all welcome back if you've been a part of the channel for a while you know i do my what's next series during the summertime and i'm not unique because every nba youtuber pretty much does this too but this is my what's next series and it's gonna be a little different this year um i'm gonna be having some great creators coming onto the channel and talking hoops about their favorite teams um maybe won't have all i'm definitely not gonna have all 30 teams might not even have two-thirds of the teams, but we're going to get a decent amount done. So be on the lookout for that. And today's the first installment. We are talking about my Boston Celtics. And as you can see, I am by myself because I don't think anybody knows my team quite like I know my team. Why would I bring somebody else on here? Unless it's a player or a coach or something to talk about the Celtics. So I'm going to talk about the Celtics. Um, I wanted to drop this video like this coming Monday, but um, I, just know like... The, the NBA offseason is crazy, man. We're going to talk about the offseason. Um, you're going to see in the thumbnail. Um, one of the dudes that was in the thumbnail is obviously traded to a different team. And the other dude just got traded to the Celtics. So, yeah, we're going to talk about it. Leave a like, subscribe if you are new. And I want to start with just kind of reviewing the year. Because I think as a fan of the Celtics, it was a lot to take in this season. It was a lot. Um, there were the ups. You know, making it to the NBA Finals, they were the downs, losing the NBA Finals, and just the roller coaster ride of the season. You know, blowing a lot of fourth quarter leads, um, being I think three games under 500, like 40 plus games into the season. It was a roller coaster of a season. Um, we saw the lows of the Jason Tatum's, the Jalen Browns, the Marcus Smart's, to their high points. You know, Marcus Smart being defensive player of the year, Jalen Brown scoring 50 points in the game and having a great playoff run. Um, Jason Tatum being kind of pitiful in the finals, but then having games like game six in Milwaukee where he was amazing. He was the best player on the floor. A wild season, a fun season, I think very promising for the future. Um, just some things that stood out to me this year was um, the growth of Jason Tatum, like his game as a whole got better. Um, I think we saw that in the playoffs, even games where he was kind of bad offensively, like scoring the ball. I mentioned this a lot of times. He was still affecting the game in other ways, which I think shows the signs of being a great, complete player, like becoming a complete player. And I think Jason Tatum has made that stride in his game defensively. I think not only for him, but for the Celtics as a whole, the complete turnaround from early on in the season, we were kind of looking at them like, you know, this team should be better defensively. They have the capabilities, but they're not getting stops to where we get to a point in the season where this is historically a great defense, like one of the best defenses that we've seen in recent memories. And we're going to talk about Ime Udoka because I think his imprint on this team is definitely, you know, very notable. But just, you know, Tatum buying in on the defense side of the ball. And then you see Brown getting better. Marcus Smart winning defensive player of the year. Rob Williams being a deep point candidate. Al Horford turning back the clock. There was a lot to take in this season for the Celtics, man. And I think the early, the early part of the season was tough. It was tough as a fan to kind of watch that. But to see them go from that team early on to what they were, being two games away from winning the championship, being up 2-1 in the finals, still pretty impressive. Now, obviously, you want to be able to win the finals. But, you know, I think with this core being still kind of young and the front office being willing to make moves to make this team better, which we will get into, it's a good sign moving forward that maybe this finals run will not just be a one-time thing. They, have, they will have a chance to go back next season with seasons to come as well. Now, playoffs was... As a fan, as a Celtics fan, it was a wild ride, but definitely saw the peaks, the peaks of this team, man. Um, they played great with their backs against the wall all up until you go against the Golden State Warriors, which a lot of teams tend to, you know, get outplayed by them because they are the Warriors. But just seeing this team, I think, break down that door and finally get into the finals, I think it was big. I think it was a big confidence booster. And moving forward, it's going to be key. 
um, Ime, Ime Udoka I've given him his flowers Because early on in the season I was just kind of like I don't know if he's the right guy I wasn't saying fire him But I was just I wasn't really impressed I wasn't impressed When I heard him speak um, To the media and stuff Or just you know Talk about the team in general I Wasn't impressed With the way he was Handling games With his rotations and stuff But As the season went on I think His voice was starting to be heard In the locker room And the team bought into The identity of being A defensive gritty team and I like that. And I like just how players seem to kind of change their personas a little bit, like becoming more, you know, tough out there. Really enjoyed that. Ime Udoka had it. For that to be his first season as an NBA head coach was, I mean, you got to the finals. Pretty imp- We've seen a lot of coaches make the NBA finals as first-year coaches. But a lot of those guys are going into great situations, whether it's, you know, you got LeBron on your team or... You know, you take over the Warriors or maybe, you know, Nick Nurse's situation. You get Kawhi Leonard on a team that already won like 59 games. Unique situations. The Celtics were a playing team last year. And to go from playing to the 2C to NBA Finals is very, very impressive. Emi Udoka did his thing. The in-season trades that Brad Stevens made really helped out a lot. Derek White had a lot of playoff moments. Even Daniel Tice had some solid playoff moments when they needed him to. Um, So, just all around, I think... Not the way, as fans, of course, we wanted to end the season losing in the finals, but when you look at it in totality, you know, it's been a few weeks since that point. You do some reflecting. It's like, okay, this is something that can definitely be built off of. Definitely be built off of. And that's where we get to the offseason. Um, not much in the draft for the Celtics. They drafted J.D. Davison. Um, to be honest, he might be on the roster. I'm not sure. He was a late second-round pick. He may or may not be on the roster for the Boston Celtics. Um, especially when you look at their guard rotation now, and it's like the guard room is very deep. Um, if he, can, I'll, I'll be excited to watch him in summer league, see what he has. But let's get to let's get to Brad Stevens. Let's get to what Brad Stevens just did today. What he did today, man. I was at work. Um, I think I went on break, and I checked my phone, and I saw the first notification I saw from Woj was the Celtics gave up Aaron Neesmith, Daniel Tice, and a pick, and I was like, to who? Who do we just get? Who do we just get? And as you see in the thumbnail, I had Malcolm Brogdon as the second guy. Shout out to my guy Malik for making these thumbnails. Um, I had Malcolm Brogdon. I had DeJounte Murray. I'm like, I think both of these guys are pretty plausible with the trade rumors, with what the Celtics would have to offer. And we end up getting, obviously, DeJounte Murray went to Atlanta. We end up getting Malcolm Brogdon. And I think for what the Celtics gave up, which is basically nothing, this might go down as the move of the offseason we might look back at this and be like how in the hell did the Celtics get Malcolm Brogdon who was 50 40 90 before um like an 18 point score gives you like seven eight assists good defender when he when he's healthy he's a really good starting point guard you don't you gave up Daniel Tice who was your third big he was your third center in the rotation I think Malik Fitz, Nick Stauskas, Jawan Morgan, and a first-round pick. And Aaron Neesmith. I forgot Aaron Neesmith. Which was like, yeah, Aaron Neesmith was a lottery pick, but he's he's not been good. So hopefully him being in a new situation will help unlock his game. I'm hopeful because the man shot 50% from three in college. I'm hopeful he has that in his game. It's just not going to be with the Celtics. You turn that into Malcolm Brogdon, who a couple years ago, like his first year, I think, in Indy, for the first like couple months of the season, he was looking like an all-star kind of guy. Now, injuries have been an issue for him the last couple years, but I'm hopeful in Boston, maybe with his role not being, it won't be as expanded. He can kind of fall back into 
that Milwaukee Bucks role, like a another ball handler, spot up shooter, good defender. I like it a lot. And he's a vet. They call him Prez. He's a he's an old. He looks. He just looks like he's an old soul. And just hearing him talk, seems like he's an old soul. And I think the Celtics need that kind of leadership and just that kind of solid play, man. Um, you can look at Malcolm like he might be like a com- more. He might be just another combo guard, which is what Derek White is, which is what Marcus Smart is. He might be another one of those. But I think Boston likes those kind of guys that can defend multiple positions and can do a little bit of everything. I was just talking to my dad, and I was saying. Malcolm Brogdon's kind of, he got a little bit of Marcus Smart in his game. He has a little bit of Derek White in his game. And he's his own player. I think he's, when he's healthy, I think he's better than both of those guys. You know, just in the all-aroundness of his game, the well-roundedness of his game, I think he's better than both of those guys. And you got him without having to give either one up. Um, obviously, you still got Brown. You didn't have to give it, like, you didn't have to give up anybody of importance. Guys that you can easily replace. Like, you can replace the <laughs> tw- 11 and 12th man on the roster. You can replace Aaron E. Smith. You can replace Daniel Tice, too. And like I said in my DeJounte Murray video the other day, picks are overrated if you're trying to compete. Very overrated. Trade them picks away. You know, you're not going to be waiting for somebody that's in high school right now to come and save you in 2023. Trade that pick away. Just trade it away, bro. Like, I, I love it. Might go down as the steal of the offseason, the move of the offseason. Brad Stevens is doing a hell of a job in this front office, man. I got to give the shout-outs to him. And I'm interested to see what other moves might. I mean, Al Horford still has to be re-signed. I'm probably just waiting to see what the rest of the roster looks like to, you know, where he can take the right amount of money for him and for the team. Because um, Al Horford, he's been finessing bags for the last five, six years. So I think he'll be fine taking a pay cut if he has a chance to try and win a championship. And that's obviously what the Celtics are trying to do. And I like it a lot. You know, I'm interested to see, like, what other moves can be made. Um, Gallinari has been rumored, which I like. Um, at first, I said, no, I don't like it. Because I was thinking, like, man, he's the Celtics kind of prided themselves on not having any weaknesses defensively. Um, and Gallo's not a good defender, but I was thinking, like, he won't be asked to do that much. He'll just ask to, you know, come in, hit some shots, and go sit down. Like, hit some, you know, stretch the floor a little bit. That's all he's going to be asked to do, which, you know, if he's coming in for, like, the minimum... I, I won't hate that at all. If he's coming in, whatever money you have to offer him, I think he can come in and produce. Um, the Celtics need stable three-point shooting, and he he will be able to provide that for sure. Also got to retain Grant Williams um, along with Al Horford. But if you do that, man, I mean, your core is back. You got better. You know, on paper, you look better just with Malcolm Barton because that's what the, the Celtics just need, a steady, reliable playmaker. Um, I've, I've been, I'm on record as saying, like, Marcus Smart got the he maximized his point guard potential this season. He's I don't think he's going to be able to get much better. Um, and with him, not just him being the starter, because I don't think it matters if Brogdon starts or Smart starts at the one. I don't think that shit matters personally. Um, but I think what's important is just having guys in your rotation that can be the lead ball handler is very very important. And Marcus Smart was asked to do that a lot. And he had he had to overextend himself, which is not always great. It's good that you know the team got to the finals. He maximized his potential doing that, but obviously it capped out uh, at losing in the finals. And you gotta find ways to get better. And I was preaching early on in the season, probably last year too. The Celtics need a playmaker because this core Tatum Brown they've never played with a playmaking point guard. Now Brogdon's not like a traditional playmaking point guard. But he's somebody that can get seven, eight assists a game, which is not easy to do on the NBA level. He's somebody that can do that. 
and he he just fits right in, man. Just such a smart player, and I think the Celtics that's something that they need. So great pickup, and now it's like, what's next for this team moving forward? Um, the Gallinari signing will be big. Obviously, Horford, Grant Williams, bringing them back. Those are like top priorities. Those who are top priorities, you can get get Gallinari in. That's fine. Um, you know, there's always like the Terrence Ross, you know, talks and stuff like that. That would be cool. Um, just to get some added like bench scoring, that would be cool. I mean, you still got Payne Pritchard in there though. Maybe he can take a step forward. But moving forward for the Celtics, man, it's just about building off of this season. You know, learning from your mistakes because there were a lot of mistakes this season. Obviously, you can't come out again and you know be 18 and 21 through you know basically 40 games. You can't do that. You can't do that. Like you got to be better. And that you got to come out the season and have a sense of urgency. Not saying you got to win, you know, 70 games, but just have a little bit more of a sense of urgency. You know, you want to see continued growth from your young guys because Tatum and Brown are so young. You want to see them continue to get better. You want to see Tatum come off of that finals uh, performance because he was bad and, you know, kind of shake back and show, like, I'm still that guy just had a bad series. You know, you want to see that with Brown. You want, you want to prove to people, like, that was not a fluke. Obviously, you want to prove that. You want to prove that defensive season that you just had is is legit. Like it was the, it was that thing. Um, I think, the, like honestly, this is not me being biased. I think the Celtics with the Brogdon move, um, assuming assuming Horford and Grant Williams are back, and even if they don't make any more major changes, I think this team has the makings to make it back to the finals. I really do, and I I think they had the makings to win it this year. It was just small things, and small things against a team like the Golden State Warriors will get you beat. I think with the learning experiences that they had through this playoff run, learning that can't give teams second chances like they did several times. Um, with that, just another year of growth, you know, both, you know, with the games and mentally. Mentally is key for this team, too. And then you add somebody steady like Brogdon, you know, Ime gets another year under his belt. I think this team, moving forward, has the makings to not only make the finals, but potentially win the championship next year. Um, Now, obviously, the rest of the league is getting better, too. But with what the Celtics proved this year, and with Brad Stevens showing that he's willing to make moves, and with the potential that there might be some more moves left on the table, I think what's next for the Celtics can be a lot of the same from last year, but better, and potentially a championship. Let me know if I'm tripping. What do y'all think about the Brogdon trade? Um, comment if you think the Celtics are like a top tier contender next season. Like, like when you bring up contenders, it's like the Boston Celtics are up there. They're like one of the top, you know, three to five teams that you think about. Let me know because I think with these moves and re-signing guys and just another year of development and growth, I think the Celtics can get back to the finals and potentially win it. This is the What's Next series, first installment of this offseason for the Boston Celtics. Leave a like, subscribe if you are new, and I'll be back next time with another video. It probably won't be another What's Next video because the offseason is insane. It's insane. I still got to react to Rudy being traded and other moves. I might just do a big free agent reaction video. Um, Next team, I'm going to try and make it the Golden State Warriors. I'll just say that. So if you got to this point in the video, you know what team's going to be next. I'll catch y'all next time. Peace.